it was really after I preached the first message of the Haunted series, and, and I know a number of people really thank you for your emails. I get them every week. I got a lot of emails after that. Um, I didn't get one email saying you didn't like the part in yoga, so I thought that was okay. Um, but, you know, as a, as a pastor, my heart is, I have no axe to grind with those things, and I'm certainly not one that wants you to be a legalistic person, because that's religion. But I do want to protect you from what the devil is doing. And after I preached that message uh, that day, I, we went to Israel the next day, and, and we were in the airport, and there was a book by Jonathan Kahn. And it was interesting. He, it, the title was Return of the Gods. <coughs> and he talked about how the ancient gods would never come back and brand themselves and our culture the way they did then, and they've done it differently today. That makes it very common in culture to just accept them to kind of bring them in. And what's interesting is when we were in Israel, we went up to the area of Dan, and uh, we were in that area it's where the altar of Jeroboam had been, and the altar is still there. And we're talking some 3,000 years ago, and the altar is still there. And they talked about how um, they had idols. In fact, they had given Jehovah God an idol. It was an Asherah. He, they had, they've uncovered places where they said Jehovah were, and then they would have, he would have an, it was so commonplace at the time that they saw nothing wrong with idols. In fact, when the Ten Commandments came out and said, you shall have no other gods before me, that was so countercultural. Like there was nothing, when he said, you shall not have any graven images, he was actually speaking to something that was so common in culture, the Israelites all had idols. And you say, well, I don't know about that. Well, what did Rachel take from her dad? The household idols. It, it, it's an incredible thing when you stop to look at scriptures and you understand it. And it's interesting, we said, you shall have no other gods before me. Why did he say before me if there were no other gods? And in fact, when you read it, you realize that there are other gods, and we're going to talk about that a little bit today, and we're going to talk about this power, because there's power in the world that's very real, and there's demonic power, and there's, there's God's power, and we're going to talk about that. And so how many are ready to be like, make, yeah, how many are ready to go home today and go, okay, now I got to process that, Okay. <laughs> Because one, there's a lot of information that I'm going to give you, but I encourage you to read the book by Jonathan Kahn because it really challenges some of the doors we're opening up to gods and you have no idea because it's so common in culture. You're just opening it up. And, and for those in the room that think that's right, there's no doubt about it. They're there. I believe that wholeheartedly. You might just find that you've done it this week. Okay? I'm going to read a lot to you. I'm going to bring up someone who's going to share about how common it is in our culture today, maybe not in the baby boomers and maybe not in Gen X, but definitely starting in the millennials and the Gen Z culture, and you're going to hear a Gen Zer today, a junior in high school, that's going to just express his experience and what happened in a moment, and so I, I want to, but I want to kind of open it up a little bit. Greg St. John sent me something after the message I preached the first time, and he said, your message is on point. Star Tribune just put out an article. Maybe you read it if you get the Star Tri Tribune, the 500 who still do. 
Greg is one of them. <laughs> the article was, interest in witchcraft is growing across the U.S. and Minnesota is, head of, is ahead in the curve. Witchcraft is being embraced as a form of healing and spirituality. Okay? Open your ears, because it's time the church wake up. It's coming to a neighborhood near you. It's already in your neighborhood. Okay? Now, Newsweek said a number of witches rises dramatically across the U.S. These are all recent articles. I'm going to read to you from The Atlantic, Why Witchcraft is on the Rise by Bianca Bosker in the March 2020 uh, article. Because in 2020, was an, the COVID thing was an explosion of witchcraft in America among our young people. Parents, you need to be aware of what's happening Diaz described herself as a seer capable of reading auras or connecting with the other side, a plant whisperer who can communicate with her succulents, her plants, and one in a long line of healers in her family, which traces back the roots to Cuba, the indigenous Tayan people, who settled in parts of the Caribbean. She is also a professional witch, Diaz sells anointing oils and tension-infused body products in her online store and instructs more than 8,900 witches enrolled in her online school and leads witchy workshops that promise to leave attendees feeling magical af. In 2018, Diaz, the author of the best-selling book, Witchery, Embrace the Witch Within, earned more than a half million dollars from her magic work and was named Best Witch. Yes, they have rankings for this. By Spirit Guides Magazine. Now, 38-year-old Diaz remembers that when she was growing up, her family's spell work felt taboo, but over the last past few years, witchcraft, long viewed with suspicion and even hostility, has transmuted into a mainstream phenomenon the coven is now the new squad. There are sea witches, city witches, cottage witches, kitchen witches, influencer witches who share recipes for moon water and dreamy photos of altars bathed in candlelight. And Care 11 did a whole thing this last week on the whole altar of the dead where you could communicate with your dead. It's a surprise. In the Hispanic culture, it was something they do so you can communicate with the dead. Listen. You cannot communicate with the dead. To be absent from the bodies, present the Lord, or be in hell, right? There is no such thing as ghosts. There are demons that pretend they're ghosts, that try to tell you they're someone. How do I know that? Because in the Bible, when Jesus tells the story of Lazarus and the rich man, Abraham says to the people, that you, they said, go back and tell them because they couldn't leave where they were at to go back to talk to anyone. If you're actually talking to dead people, you're dead. Okay? And I need you to say amen when you're in this. There are witches living in Winnipeg and Indiana and San Francisco and Dubai hosting moon rituals in Manhattan's public parks and selling $11.99 hangover cures that adjust the vibration of alcohol so that it doesn't add extra density and energetic weight to your aura. 
A 2014 Pew Research Center report suggested the United States adult population of pagans and Wiccans was about 730,000, considerably more now because that was in 2014, on par with the number of Unitarians. But Wicca represents just one among many approaches to witchery, and not all witches consider themselves pagan or Wiccan. These days, Diaz told me, listen to this, everyone calls themselves witches. The latest witch renaissance coincidence. By the way, in Salem, that you, they go there, people go there to get and purchase spell kits and curse kits that they can take home and use in their areas. This is a very real thing. <clears throat> the latest witch renaissance coincides with a growing fascination with astrology, crystals, and tarot, which, like magic, practitioners consider ways to tap into the unseen, unconventional sources of power, and which can be especially appealing for people who feel disenfranchised or have grown weary trying to enact change by working within the system. The modern witchcraft has drawn more women than men, as well as many people of color, queer, and transgender individuals. A witch can be any gender. The more frustrated people get, they often turn to witchcraft. And we sit here in our, in our four-walled church, and we, we, th we, we completely almost lock out the world, and we come here to take a breath rather than realize that we need to be people of power because people are looking for power. So that the power in us is the Holy Spirit. Let me read something from New NBC News, and this was just before Halloween. This was an actual thing they put on NBC News. How many know NBC News is probably not a Christian organization? Uh, some of you think they are? This is what they said. Most of this is from one of the high priests of the Wiccan faith, okay? So when I'm reading it, that's where it's coming from. Wicca began to be practiced in America in the 1960s by feminists, environmentalists, and those seeking a non-structured spirituality according to the Berger. It was a largely underground movement, but commercial books about witchcraft published in the 1980s and 90s productions like Charmed and The Craft created a surge of interest in youth. With the ability to find communities online and the decline in affiliation with traditional religions, witchcraft began its entry into the mainstream. The religion is an individualistic in many ways, Berger told me. You can do your own thing, and it's not, going, it's not signing on to an institutional religion. It's not signing on to a set of action or beliefs that you adhere to, which is religion. It's not what Christ has called us to. We have created some of this by creating a how-to, do-it-yourself, humanistic religion, and they come, and there's no power in it, and they can't live by the rules, so they leave, and they try to find something that fits them rather than they have to fit it because we failed to understand what Christ has called us to. At the heart of these practices is the fact that witchcraft enables me to see the world through a more balanced lens, which I think is funny because it's power through the lens of a demon. 
I felt the reassuring presence of the otherworldly in the midst of a difficult circumstance, and I know that magic happens when I summon the strength to draw boundaries or stir away the guilt that bubbles up if I choose self-care or self-sacrifice, which is interesting because self-care is this buzzword. We need to self-care. You know what that says? You need to worry about yourself and not anyone else. Don't worry. Don't make sacrifices, which is the exact opposite of what the Bible says. The Bible says to put others first. This says put yourself first. What kind of world does that look like when you're putting yourself first ahead of everyone else? Some of you hear what I just said and you think I messed up in what I said because I need to self. You've been so deceived to think that that's the way we should think and yet Jesus died on the cross for you and said, follow me. Pick up your cross and follow me. Pick up your sacrifice and follow me. It is anti-Christ to say, I'm going to go self-care. Blending of faiths has been a seamless process for me and other folk magic practitioners, despite what traditional religion authorities might say. You can read this. I'm only reading, they were very long. I can't read the whole thing. So I'm reading parts, and it, you can read parts. There are so many parts I wanted to read to you. I, so please go back and read that. You'll see how bad. But this one really I thought was interesting because it brings it home. Okay? So please listen to this. It's on the screen behind me. This is this high priest of Wicca or whatever it is who's in, they're interviewing. Monday, as millions of people celebrate Halloween, known to witches as Samhain, the pagan festival honoring the dead, Countless jack-o'-lanterns will decorate doorsteps throughout America. I will take particular comfort in knowing that these glowing pumpkins, a lasting pagan custom, are embraced by so many of us. It's a reminder that magic can be both a beacon in the night and a source of hope and healing when you need it most. And some of you are thinking, come on, pastor, you're getting legalistic. Come on, everybody's doing it. It's not bad for me. It's not bad. You know what they, what they use it as an example? They said it's the equivalent of a Christian, of an atheist, taking the cross and putting it on their front door. That's what the pumpkin is to the Wicca. The cross is to the Christian. Is it quiet in here or is it just me? <laughs> do, you, do you realize how many things we don't think, we just don't think anything about it? And we, how many know that the mouse can come in a door that's wide open or a little crack that you lead open? Satan is crouching at your door looking for entrance, access. Do you know right now that when you woke up this morning, whether you prayed or not, whether you did any ministry or not, whether no matter what you did, that there was just as you have a guardian agent, angel, there's also an angel that's meant to destroy you? That there is literally forces of darkness looking at you and aiming at your life? Let me, let me bring someone up here. His, uh, come on up here. I need a, a couple of mics. Um, and it's great. Oh, you have them. That's great. Um, th this is Malachi. Malachi is from Lakeville South. Can you say hi? Yeah, right. 
so you're going to have to make it easier on him. He's in high school, and it's looking at your faces sometimes is a little intimidating for someone's not used to looking at this. Okay, so smile. Smile, that'll make it easier. Okay, we're glad Malachi is here. It really takes a lot of courage to come up here. Um, Alex, lead us into this a little bit and how Alex has been really um, working with Malachi. Let him to the Lord. And uh, go ahead. Yeah, so we have a group on Tuesdays. Uh, a lot of basketball players come because they want to go play basketball. And then it's also an opportunity for people that don't go to church at all to get them to a Bible study. And so I always do it before and I invite them the following week if they come to basketball. So Malachi... His uh, uncle, I've known Malachi for a long time, but uh, his uncle is one of my best friends, and so he tagged along uh, because he wanted to play basketball with the older guys. And uh, we were going through Romans, and there was a lot of deep theology and stuff we were talking about, and so afterwards I sat next to him in the gym, and I'm like, bro, I'm like, that was kind of like drinking out of a fire hydrant. Like, are you good? Like, does this make sense to you? And the first thing he says, he's like, is there a difference between dark magic and white magic? And uh, so come to find out, I, I thought he knew Jesus or he knew that that was wrong. And so we got to talk about the difference between demonic forces and powers and the Holy Spirit. And there's a reason why it's called the Holy Spirit, that there's a distinction. And so right then and there, he uh, gave his life to Christ. And yeah, so. So, so he's a junior at Lakeville South. Yep. And, um, and so you, you've invited Christ into your life, and you go out to dinner, and you're sitting with someone from the church, and they look over your shoulder, <laughs> and they notice something on your phone. What did, he, what did he see on your phone? It was a Wicca app. And how did the Wicca app, did it just end up on your phone, or did you download this? How did it end up there? Well, during COVID, I had got a little bored, you know, a lot of kids going on social media. So I was very like interested into stuff like that. It was pretty cool. So I had downloaded the app about a couple of years ago. So you see this all over social media. Yeah, a lot. So it's not hard for you to find. Yeah, so sudden. And you're pretty curious. Yeah. And this is before you gave your life to Christ, right? Yeah. yeah. So you get on, and what was it that when you got on the this app, what was it that really kind of drew you in? Well, it was money, influence. A lot of stuff that made me feel like I can rule over a lot of st things. It's crazy because that's what a lot of kids want, right? Yeah. I mean, they see it all the time, the celebrities, how many likes you get. Yeah, and a lot of kids seek advantage doing, they want to seek advantage doing other kids that their age is. Right. So, yeah. so, so then the Wicca app, they, they see that. You end up deleting the Wicca app, right? Yeah. Because you had no idea. Yeah. No one came and told you that when you gave your life to Christ, right? Right away. Like oh. Alex didn't go down a list of things you should delete. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, so if it weren't for discipleship, you could have been pretty messed up. Yeah. So uh, then the recently, uh, Alex sees something. Why don't you tell him what you see, and then and you can explain, try to... So even like, this was like a year ago that you gave your life to Christ, but there was... He, uh, he posted something on his story, and maybe I'm just uh, overstep boundaries too much, but he, uh, he posted something, and it was like an, his astrology sign, and it said a cancer, and I was like, what is this junk? Like, I swiped up on his story, and he goes, oh, I'm a cancer. I said, no, you're a child of God. I'm like, get this off your, your story, and he goes, oh, like, is that bad? I didn't even know. Like, this is, 
what I thought, I thought this was okay. And so I sent him like a link talking about what astrology is. And so there, there's stuff still that it doesn't seem harmful, but you're, you're exposed to it and it just seems so normal. Tell him what, what about astrology, because you said it was different and what it did. I mean, it's, it looks very interesting to a lot of kids our age and it's like a very sudden. So I advise like parents to like talk to their ch uh, child about that stuff. Because like uh, Pastor James was talking, it's like a mouse going through a crack. And that we don't notice how um, dangerous it is for us to get into demonic type of stuff. Yeah, parents can only make so many decisions. They don't know what they're doing in the dark places. Yeah. So the child has to understand why it's so harmful. And we're going to talk about that a little bit. But you said something about astrology that when you were in it, that was even different than the Wicca app. That when you got in there, something that it like drew you in. What, what was that effect? It was just like power, you know. So you wanted power? Yeah. Hmm, interesting. What was the other thing you said about it? Money. <laughs> and, and there were others, right? Yeah. Yeah, you, we're not feeding him the answers. He told us, this, you smile more. <laughs> <laughs> so, so then you come to Christ. Yeah. And you told Alex something like all of those things had its element you were seeking for but you didn't know what you were seeking for until you actually tasted and seen something what was that uh god and christ and as i gave my life to christ i felt freedom joyness now we were in richfield and we didn't even talk about this but you had told alex something about hearing god and oh yeah sometimes i pray to god and then as he talks, he speaks to other people through, to me. And you are actually heard his voice, right? Yes. Yeah. And like, yeah. Like, we're, I'm in the, I was in like a movie theater, and he's like texting me. Some, I, I was thinking it was super urgent. I'm like, bro, what's going on? Do I need to leave right now? And he goes, I like prayed to God, and he actually answered. And he goes, I'm so filled with so much joy right now. Like, I can't explain it. And I'm like, oh, that's, that's awesome, man. Like, that's super cool. So it's. It's cool, like, someone his age, a junior in high school, he's able to, like, actually, like, there's true power in this God, and, that, like, you can actually have access to him, and you didn't know that before. And then, to speak of, a couple, couple months later, after I gave my life to Christ, I got baptized back in February. Thanks, guys. Thank you. So... So what's, what's interesting about this is you say, why are we talking about this? Because it's happening today. It's happening right now in the world around us. And I don't want to be 10, 10 years short, and we're 10 years now, from and we've lost a generation because as parents, we didn't talk to our kids about things you cannot control their atmosphere. Rather than trying to keep them from seeing it, you have to teach them why and what it is. But you sit here, and maybe you're saying, well, Pastor, do you really believe there's demonic power? Absolutely. I have seen it happen. It is more than make-believe. It's not. I don't know why we think when the angels that fell from heaven, we think somehow they lost their power. They didn't lose their power. It just changed from serving God in His glory to serving Lucifer in what His purpose was. There is demonic power that's happening 
all over the place, and we need to be aware of it. And we need to recognize there's some people that you're trying to talk out of their bondage when you should be delivering them from their bondage. Come on, somebody needs to say something. Why are we so fascinated with the supernatural? Let me show you something. Do you believe this? Jesus, while he walked in the earth, represented something to us. He healed the sick. He raised the dead. He stopped diseases. He fed thousands for very li- with very little. He walked on water. He calmed the storm. He had revelation and insight in the lives of people. Do you believe that he did those things? Yeah, do you believe that? Then, then listen to this verse. John 14, 12, verily I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I've been doing. And they will do even greater things than these because I'm going to the Father. That you will be doing the same things. Well, pastor, come on. You're saying I should walk on water. I'm saying you could. That there is power that God has given us. And we are vessels that God wanted to live with the understanding of supernatural power. That God wants us, that, like something in us. That's why the Hollywood has put all these films out and you see all these Avengers and DC Comics and there's something in us that wants to tap into a supernatural power and yet the church sits there powerless. We're not praying for the sick. We're not casting out demons. We're not even doing any of the things that the Bible says these signs shall follow them. But we we don't even try to raise the dead because we have been convinced that you can't do it. That that happened back in in the early church. You are the early church. When will we wake up? When will we even attempt to do what God's commanded us to do? John 1.50 says, Jesus said, you believe because I told you. I saw you under the fig tree. You will see greater things than these, than that. You're going to see it. That's a promise. What's the promise? God says, I promise you, if you will believe, you will walk in the supernatural. Well, I prayed for my neighbor and they didn't get healed. Well, well, I prayed for my neighbor and they didn't get, well, have you only done things once and then never done them again? You know, there's a gentleman by the name of Todd White prayed for people to be healed for a year and a half, never saw one person healed. Now 80% of the people that he prays for are healed. How quickly do we give up? Do you believe that you are a vessel of the Holy Spirit, that greater is he that is in me than any power in the earth? We don't fear demons. We don't run from demons. We don't look for them behind every tree. But when we come into a encounter a demon, we don't go and hide either. We don't run them down to Zach and say, Zach, this person's demon-possessed. Here you go. No, you call the demon out and you command it to go because you know who you are. How, 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 how is it that we can sit here and not understand we live in a very spiritual world and those who are unbelievers, and by the way, they know, they know there's a God. You say, well, I believe in God. So do they. So do the Wiccans. So do the, witchcraft. So do the people in witchcraft. They believe in it too. And it's like, you know, how good would the story be if Elijah goes to Mount Carmel 
And uh, he says, let's see if the gods of Baal are more powerful than God. And, and they go up there and they do powerful things. And you get up there and you call fire from heaven and nothing happens. That's the way we're living in the church today. Do you know Moses goes before Pharaoh and he drops his stick down and his, his staff turns into a snake. The witchcraft people come in and they drop their staffs down and their staffs turn into snakes too. You know what the difference was? Moses' snake ate their snakes. There is no absence of gods. There are gods. See, here's what happened. The Bible says that, that in heaven, the first rebellion, when Lucifer fell, it called him a dragon and it re referred to him as a dragon. It said when his tail swept through heaven, a third of the angels were swept from heaven and cast to earth. Now, the good news is two-thirds of those angels are still in allegiance to Christ, and to God, right? But we have the Holy Spirit. We don't even need those angels, and you still have more power in you and the Holy Spirit than you'd have in all those angels. But those angels were incredibly powerful. So when you go to a fortune teller and they tell you the fortune, they, they don't know all things, but they've been around a lot. They try to predict what will happen. How many, you know, Tony Romo, they, they think he's great because he, they're going to do the screenplay on this. And they think, wow, how did he know? Because he's been around long enough. He predicted it. That's what, but they don't know the future. There ain't no demon. So here's the first, here's the first point that I want to bring out as we look at that. Well, before I do that, all power comes from somewhere. It has a source. The power of a policeman comes from the people that give it to him. The power of politicians come from the people who elect them. The power of your house comes from the power plant. The supernatural power that you see in your life, whether good or bad, comes from God. You say, oh, that's going to mess me up. See, God, God gave the angels of darkness their power when they were angels of light. Do you think they lost that power when they started giving it to the devil? Let me ask you this question. Who gave you all your talents and abilities? Who gave you the breath you breathe? Who gave you the resources you use? Who gave you the food you're going to eat today? And how many people know the same thing he gave you, he gave to the unbeliever, but who do they use it for and who are you using it for? Yeah, God gave me all of the wealth that I have, but I'm never going to use any of it for him. I'm going to use it for something passing away. Do you use it for the devil? Are you using your talents and ability? I'll never use it for the kingdom. I'll never use it for God's glory and his purpose. I'm only going to use it for my own selfish means. Isn't that exactly what the demons are doing? The first point is this. There is only one God. Exodus 23 through 5 says, You shall have no other gods before me. If, if there were no other gods, he would have said, You shall have no other gods. 
He said, you shall not make any graven images. It was so common to have graven images. They were almost offended because that, that was so countercultural. Like, what's wrong with my gods? What's wrong with my idols? And he's saying, you shall make no graven idols. How many things are so common in our culture that we think are just acceptable because we make this statement, I'm under grace, which by the way, watch the podcast coming up this week. When we say, I'm under grace, not under the law, what you're saying is, I'm under grace so I can be lawless. I can be lawless. Is that what he's saying? That Jehovah would be our God, and this is what God wants. When he created us, he created us. So Jehovah would be our God, and we would be his people. That's why we're here. So he would be our God, that we wouldn't look to idols, we wouldn't look to money, we wouldn't look to our relationships. You're trying to get your spouse to be this person that meets all your needs when God should be that person in your life. You're turning your spouse into an idol that you worship and that you, you demand something from rather than saying, God, you cremated me to want you and for you to be my God. Everything I need comes from you. I refuse to look to anything else. I refuse to look to my job. I refuse to look to my spouse. I refuse to look to the stock market. I refuse to look to the government for what I need. Everything comes from you, God, everything. And you never failed me. You never will. You'll be faithful to your promises in my life. But we become a people that turned idols. See, God is omniscient. He knows all things. No demon which is a fallen angel. No demon knows everything. God is omnipotent. He's all power. All power was given to the... God gave the angels power. In fact, the Bible says today that the angels have more power than us, but in eternity, we become more powerful than the angels. You think those fallen angels lost power? They didn't lose power. But they're using it against you. And see, there's this, what's happened is that they branded as good power because they know that when those gods came back, they knew that you, you, you have enough understanding of the demonic realm that if they did the demonic thing they did in the ancient, that you'd say, like, no way, that's scary, I don't want any. So they've, they've really used different ways, sources, to make it look good, good witches. And they do good things. But the thing you got to ask yourself, what did it come through? Because... You know in Joshua, where, where the angel of the Lord comes to Joshua, and Joshua says, are you for me, or are you for them? And you know what the angel of the Lord says? You're ignorant. The question isn't who I'm for. The question is, who are you for? What kingdom are you living in? Are you going to run after me and the power I give you, or are you going to run to that? Who are you going to be as a person? You're going to be, a king, you're going to be in the kingdom of darkness or are you going to be in the kingdom of light? Because there is no lukewarmness. There's no middle ground. There's no, I got a foot in both worlds. It's choose a kingdom, my friend. What one are you going to run after? You're going to run after the power that leads to kill, steal, and destroy? Listen to me. You, that may be great for a moment. You may get a little power in a moment. It might light your fire in a moment. But Satan's whole desire is to kill, steal, and destroy. And we got high school kids kids way beyond their understanding, stepping into a kingdom they have no understanding of, inviting demons into their life, and parents sitting there and wondering, I need to get them into counseling. 
They had demonic power working in them. Rather than saying, you know what, we're going to be in the kingdom of God. We pursue the kingdom. As for me and my house, be aware of what the enemy is doing, but there is a power. We need to be people of power that demonstrates to our kids, you know what, there is a power there, but that leads to destruction. This power leads to life and life abundantly, and it will change and touch every part of your life. God is everywhere at once. You know, it's, it's, it's amazing to me. We don't even acknowledge the realm of the supernatural in our everyday life, that we battle not with flesh and blood because we attack flesh and blood all the time. We don't even re- realize the principalities and powers that are working all around us. And if we don't even acknowledge that world, how will we ever acknowledge the presence of God in this room right here? The power of healing, the power of deliverance, the power of freedom, the power of joy and peace. How, if you're here today and you can't acknowledge that that is here today for you, that it's just a matter of turning, we don't even acknowledge it enough to worship Him. We sit there like this, bumps on the log. I wish they would end. I wish this would get over. How many know what I'm talking about? How many say, I long to be a part of a church that sees and experiences lives that are changed by the power of the Holy Spirit? If that's your longing and if that's your pursuit, we'll never get there until you be that person. And it doesn't matter how old you are. Stop talking about what happened 30 years ago, 50 years ago. Let's do it today. Let's be that place today where kids like Malachi can come and experience something that brings joy and peace. Something that causes them to lay their life down for their brother. And when they do, they say, thank you, God. It's amazing to me because you may be demonically oppressed or possessed if you think it's a sacrifice to lay your life down for others because Christ didn't consider it a sacrifice to die on the cross. He considered it an honor to give his life for you. And if we're going to follow Christ, we consider it an honor to lay our life down. We don't say it's a sacrifice to give up a meal for them, to fast for them as they're going through. That's not a sacrifice. It's an honor to do that for them because I love my brother. And I get to be a part of their life. What if we changed the way we think? What if we repented? What if we repented? What if we changed the way we thought? And instead of thinking of ourselves this morning, we thought of other people. God created supernatural beings, number two. He created supernatural beings. He created the angels and the demons. He created the angels and demons. And I don't have the time to get into all of this. I'll preach this again at another time. But this will mess you up. You read 2 Chronicles. It says that God has a heavenly council. What's interesting about this heavenly council is God made a decision in 2 Chronicles that Ahab's life was done. And he goes to the heavenly council and he says, how do you think we'll do this? And a lying spirit who is part of that council came to him and says, I'll lie to him. And he says, you will and you'll succeed. You say, what? You're telling me that there are demonic 
demons in the counsel of God? Yes, there is. By the way, if angels knew the future, if demons knew the future, they would never have crucified Christ. But there were angels of light and angels of darkness. And the angel, you say, I don't know if I can believe that. Well, really, look at Job. When, when Satan shows up in the counsel of God, uh, he goes to Lucifer. Where have you been, Lucifer? You wouldn't have told Lucifer that if he hadn't been in his presence, in his court. We know the Bible says that he's in the presence of God accusing the saints. That he comes before God and attacks you and tries, and Jesus is there and goes, paid for, ding, 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 paid for, paid for, paid for. They're paid for, well, I don't know them. Paid for. You see, there is way more going on, and we have, we have literally, we're so biblically illiterate. We have no understanding of the kingdom realm that is going on around us, and we'd rather keep it that way because we think, you know what, I'd just rather pretend it doesn't exist than actually understand that it does exist. And then when I do, I'm going to experience not only the blessing of God through that in my life, but I'm also going to see people's lives changed because I'm going to walk in the power of it. Here's the problem that we make. We, we think angels are just messengers, and they're way more than that. And we think demons are just there to possess people. And it's funny, my daughter Bianca is, is in an outreach. She does outreach along with young adults in California, and she says it almost every week. She was telling us story after story of people demon-possessed. People that you think are normal and just, just need counseling. But within minutes, they're on the ground hissing like snakes and vomiting. Demons, they had opened the door to, but they've been sitting in their church, and, and they got voices, they got all these things, and we try to give them medication to solve something that only the Holy Spirit can set them free from. And we'd rather say, well, I'll pray for you and go. Right? We'd rather celebrate the demonic and Halloween than deal with it in our day to day. It's real. It's going on right now. They're way more than demon possession, by the way. At the Tower of Babel, God gave authority to the angels to rule over the earth. They took territories. Have you ever walked into a city and they said, there's something about the city that's really demonic? You ever been there? And then you came back at another time and you realized it wasn't the pizza you had that day. Like, there is something really bad about, like, and literally, what, what and, and Jonathan Conn even addresses this a little bit, the more the light wanes, the more demons start to fill in. You're in your neighborhood and there are things that are trying to rule in your neighborhood, in your home. It's always amazing to me the people with the most broken homes are the most negligent to the, the spiritual world. Try to pretend like it doesn't exist or that it doesn't have activity. What are demons? They're persons. They're not human. They are spirits, and they are powerful. I'm going to give you quickly, because I don't have time. I've got to finish this. It says, number one, they were spirits. 
Number two, they're holy ones. This is what they're referred to in the Bible, angels and demons. They're holy ones. Number three, they're stars. Number four, they're called gods. Five, they're angels. They're ministers. Number six. Number seven, they're watchers. Ooh, watching you. Number eight, mighty hosts, mighty ones. And number nine, which aren't necessarily angels, but they're cherubim. And each of these angels have purpose, and there's a purpose for their existence. Here's, here's the first one. God created them to fulfill a specific function. Number one, contribute to divine counsel decisions. Number two, they assist in governing the human world, that there's principalities and powers and spiritual forces that are operating in your neighborhood, your community, your home, maybe your home. And you've opened the door and you said, well, how have I let them in home? What have you let come through, across your television? What has been coming across the social media? What are you allowing into your home? What do you open the door to your home? You think that lustful spirit in your home that you can't stop doing the thing you know you're doing, you need to stop doing it because kids are in here. I'm not going to say what it is, but you all know what I'm talking about. You, maybe it might have something to the door you keep opening. The Lord is setting you free. You say, well, he's not setting you free. Sure he is, but you keep the door open. They keep coming in. He cleans the house and they come in seven times worse. When do you realize that you've got to shut the door? They assist in covering the human world. Number three, they deliver divine decrees and explain divine activity. Number four, they execute divine judgment. Look at Sodom and Gomorrah. The angel of the Lord came and they brought that judgment. Number five, they give glory and praise to God. They sit there and they go, holy, holy, holy. Is the, Actually, it's more like this. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was... Who is and who's to come? And then they do it all over again. And they do it all over again. And they do it. We can't even go 15 minutes in a worship service. We're like, that's way too long. Because we haven't caught sight of who he is. You see, there are a whole lot of people who have been given power through demonic sources and God says I put my spirit inside of you to do greater things than my son Jesus did but you just want to sit in your pew and stink it up rather than be a light to a world that needs to know the power of God will you stand isn't it time isn't it time? Stop worrying about everyone else. Listen, the church is what it is because we looked at everyone else to be that. God isn't asking your pastors to cast out demons. He says, that's what happens when you're my believer. It follows you. Just like goodness and mercy nip at your toes like your heels like a dog nipping at your heels. Mercy, goodness, mercy, goodness. But what you do on the way is you operate in this supernatural power that when you see someone sick, you say, you know what, one moment, let me go. Silver and gold, I don't have for you right now, but what I got is going to change your world. It's going to command the dark, this dark force that's working. We, we don't go, have you tried my doctor? He's really good, and he's got a new medication that might help you be bound and have all kinds of side effects. It may give you kidney problems and heart issues and a brain problem, but you'll be free from the ingrown toe. Rather than recognizing, is the Word of God the Word of God? Is the Word of God the Word of God? 
Are we not the bride of Christ? Are we believers in what the word says? If that's true, when will we wake up? When will we awaken from our slumber and be the men and women of God that he's called us to be? Not even that you want to be, but he's called you to be. Today's the day. This week's the week. There are people in this room are going to pray for sick people and they're going to get well. But you got to do it when you see it. You got to say, and when it doesn't happen, you don't stop and say, well, it didn't happen. Do it again. Do it again. Say, that's who I am. I don't need the experience to determine my theology. God said, that's all I need. Do you believe it? Then let's ask the Lord to do that right now.